Welcome to Seeking Scripture Deep Diving Bible Study. I'm Christy Jordan, and I want to help you develop a firsthand relationship with the whole Word of God. For links and graphics mentioned in my podcast, please visit the corresponding post on SeekingScripture.com. May Yahweh bless the reading of His Word. Good morning, siblings. I'm so excited to be in the Word with you today. Today's readings are Exodus 4 through 6. Rabbit trails. Now, there's three particular incidences in the Bible where, in my mind, I really see the Father's humor come out, and I always chuckle when I read them. We're, we come up on one of those scenes today. Um, I find Moses entirely relatable in this. At the end of Exodus 4-3, imagine the scene and catch what Moses does in response to his staff turning into a snake for the first time. I'm with you, Moses. <laughs> Important note. It is important to realize that Moses did not have the power to perform miracles on his own. This was simply Yahweh working through him. Exodus 4.3 Moses' staff turning into a serpent. Recall that the snake was the symbol of Egypt. Moses is going to turn his staff into a snake, grab it by the tail, and shake it. Boy, did he ever shake Egypt. Exodus 4.6 The disease that Moses had on his hand when he removed it from his cloak was not leprosy, but a temporary condition for him known as Zerat. Hebrews considered this to be an affliction brought about by God as punishment for certain behaviors. We will see Miriam stricken with it for talking against Moses later on in our reading. Now, in most of our Bibles, we will see this as leprosy throughout. So I just wanted to let you know that this interpretation was likely made with good intentions in order to relate it to something similar in our own time. However, it was not leprosy as we know of it today. Of important note, until Messiah comes onto the scene later, these two cases of Zerat are the only two instances of it ever being healed. The reason for this is that both of these times, the Father afflicted them for a short window of time, according to His purpose. If you read this part of the Bible with us and make it to the book of Matthew, I'm going to use that information to knock your socks off. So I hope you'll hang in there with us. The Israelites, moving on to another point, the Israelites did not build pyramids in Egypt, despite the common misconception. Pyramids had already been built long before them. Instead, they were working on various construction projects for Pharaoh, such as forts and storage facilities. Below, I'm putting a link on a usnews.com website. This is one of my favorite references that gives us more information on that. Exodus 4.10 Now, when Moses says he is slow of speech or not eloquent, a more accurate translation of this passage is heavy of mouth or heavy of tongue. I've often been taught that Moses had a stutter. And while that may be the case, it is purely speculation with no biblical evidence to back it up. Another possibility, which I think may be far more likely, is that Moses, while spending the earliest years of his life with his Hebrew family, was raised in Pharaoh's palace and therefore no longer fluent in Hebrew. Here he was being sent to lead a nation of Hebrews, and his manner of speech when conversing with them was slow and awkward. I think we can all imagine that scenario from incidences in our own lives. Again, this is just a possibility, but perhaps a more likely possibility than the generally accepted, despite lack of evidence, idea that Moses had a stutter. Exodus 4, 13. But he said, O Lord, 
Please send someone else. We will see, time and again, that Moses was a humble man. He did not fill up to the task of being a mediator for the Father. Now, it is a pattern of the Father that he seeks those who are humble to represent him, not those who are seeking the spotlight. Exodus 4.21 shows us Yahweh hardening Pharaoh's heart. A lot of people struggle with this, and I've heard several believers question a God who would force someone to sin and then punish them for that sin. First of all, He is God, we are not. But second of all, this is a gross misrepresentation of the Father and one that is not due to Him. Pharaoh's heart is already turned against Him. As we continue to read, we will find Pharaoh himself hardening his own heart towards the Father and His people. Therefore, with his heart set against Yahweh, Yahweh will use that to harden it further to advance his will, according to his will and for his good purpose. Exodus 4.24 seems to escalate quickly by any measure. However, a careful reading of the text tells us that some time has passed between Moses leaving and this incident. Now, while we can't fully understand the situation without more information, we have what we have. Here is what we know. Moses had not circumcised his son as he knew full well he should have done. Zephorah was hostile towards Moses and likely his God who was foreign to her. And now she has to circumcise her son as a result of Moses' affiliation with him. It is clear that Zipporah knew exactly what had not been done as required by Yahweh, and so we know there was a lot going on behind the scenes that we're not privy to at this time for her to be able to have this information. Again, we may may or may not have all we need to understand the situation, and that is okay. We don't have to know everything, but the Father has generously given us more than enough meat to chew on and all the instruction we need in order to follow Him and live full lives of shalom as his people. This verse is always close to mind in situations like this. Deuteronomy 29:29. The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of his law. And for those of y'all who've been wondering, if you haven't checked out my link on why I say Yahweh for the Father's name, in this passage, you see that all caps Lord and his personal name was originally in the text. Translators removed it, put it in all caps Lord. I'm fine with reading that way. I'm, I'm not the least bit offended if you read it that way. I just say it the way I say it. If you would check out my article on learning to dig deeper, the one that I shared on day one of this study. I think you would understand my heart a little more in that, and you would know that I respect your decision as well. As long as we say his name with love, I think that's the most important thing. Exodus 5, 7. Pharaoh denied the Israelites straw and made them cut it themselves in addition to making the bricks. Now, some archaeologists have stated that they have found buildings with bricks with lots of straw on the bottom layer of bricks and less straw towards the top layers. And this straw appeared hastily pulled rather than cut. I found several blog posts and references to books speaking on this matter, but have not had time to investigate to the extent that I can cite a credible source for you. So this will be your rabbit trail if you choose to take it. You might want to start with the name Pithom. That is P I T H O M. 
Exodus 6, 5. The father's not forgetful. The phrase used in this verse was originally a figure of speech, stating that he remains faithful to his covenant. These are reminders for our own sake, as the father's not capable of forgetting. His knowledge of every detail is infinite. These are just some rabbit trails to get you going today. I'm so excited to study this very special book with you. Test everything. Hold tight to what is good, and he is the only source of good. May Yahweh bless the reading of his word. I love y'all. Bye-bye.